So this morning, I want to just thank you for being here. For those that are visiting, thank you so much. And uh, for the regulars, thank you for being here. Well, I want to continue to speak about preparation. I think that preparation is a big deal. And uh, last week, we spoke in, uh, in, in detail about how we need to prepare the church. Today, we want to talk about how we want to prepare our heart. Uh, because we are the church, actually. And uh, so as my heart is prepared, I am preparing the church, right? Amen? Amen. But sometimes as much as preparation is required, I have a hard time with it. Do you? How many here like to prepare? I know my wife does. (laughs) Uh, We have lots of discussions at home about preparation, believe me. And she always wins because she's always right. Because preparation, you can never can be too prepared, right? You never really can truly be too prepared. But yet I struggle sometimes with it. And, um, and so I, I will tell you publicly that I submit to my wife when it comes to preparation because she does a really good job. Today I want to drill down a little bit further as to what it means to prepare our hearts spiritually for the Lord. Sometimes we need to be reminded that what we're doing really is important. Um, I was, uh, I'm a school bus driver and, uh, uh, I've been driving for five or six years. And when you first learn, you are very attentive to everything you do on the school bus because everything's really important. But as you do it for a while, you do things sometimes and you forget why you're doing it. You know what I'm talking about? Um, I have this habit and it's a good habit. But I, when I get in the, in the bus in the morning, I, I turn the key on so that I, you know, the, the, it's a diesel, so it's got to start, it's got to get the glow plugs warming. But I always put, put the key on, then I always reach down and I press on the brake because it's hydraulic, it's hydraulic brake system. And so I press on the brake and I can hear the electronic motor running, the hydraulic motor running to, to pump the fluid in my brakes. And I, and I do that and um, it just becomes such a habit. The other day I'm thinking, now why am I doing this? And, and, and what's the failure mode? In other words, what, if it's bad, what's it supposed to do if it's bad? Well, I forgot my training from five or six years ago. So I, and I'd just been doing this out of routine. And I, so I went in after I checked my bus out and I went back in to, before I go out on the, road, uh, on the route. And, and so I talked to the bus manager. I said, you know, I, this is what I do, but why am I doing it? He said, well, you're doing it because if your brakes, if that brake motor wasn't running, the pedal would go to the floor and you wouldn't have the resistance back and it would tell you that something's wrong with your brakes. I said, oh, good, thank you. Now I feel good about what I'm doing again. Do you, <laughs> do you ever need a reminder of why you do what you do? Yeah, I, sometimes we need that. And that's kind of what, what church is for too. It's, it's kind of a reminder to say that, yeah, you're here, but why are you here? You're here because the Lord's going to feed you something, going to tell you something good. And not only that, but you're going to produce in the lives of other people too. So we need good reminders every once in a while. And, you know, and we need to know that our heart needs to be reminded. Our heart needs to be reminded that what we're doing here really is important. Because there's coming a day that we all know about, but sometimes we forget about. And that, that day is called Judgment Day. Romans chapter 14, verses 11 through 12. For the scriptures say... As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bend to me, and every tongue will declare allegiance to God. Yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. And sometimes we just need to be reminded of that, right? 
I love the way King Solomon put it. And he was the wisest man of men. And he says in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, beginning at verse nine, 7, this is in the Living Bible Translation. He says, it is a wonderful thing to be alive. Amen. It's a wonderful thing to be alive. If a person lives to be very old, let him rejoice in every day of life. But let him also remember that eternity is far longer and that everything down here is futile in comparison. Here's the reminder that we need to have. Young man, it's wonderful to be young. Enjoy every minute of it. Do all you want to. Take in everything you can, but realize that you must account to God for everything you do. So it's a good reminder for us that, hey, life is good, and we're to enjoy life, aren't we? The Lord has given us abundance to enjoy. We're not to go around sour. We're not to go around with, a, with, a, with a, 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 a mournful look on our face or a sorrowful look because we're Christians. No, we of all people should be the most joyful. We of all people should have the most joy in our step. We of all people have the most to look forward to, right? And Solomon here is just telling us life is good, guys, but, and, and go for it. Go for all you can. Just remember that you're going to give an account for everything you do, <laughs> all right? Just remember that in your joy and in, 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 in the things that you do, you're going to give an account. So be wise in what we do. Is that worth remind, remembering? Yeah, be wise because, you know, um, so the days can drag on a little bit. We talked about it in the Sunday school class today. I really appreciate our Sunday school class, by the way. Max, you do a great job. Jim and all those that interact, you know, it's all about conversation. And for those that interact and, 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 and share with us, we all benefit from it. And today we were talking about sometimes life can be a little bit hard. Sometimes we need to make choices. Sometimes we need to make commitments because sometimes life can drag on a little bit. Amen? But we need to know that life is a choice. And what we choose is really who we become. Right? And sometimes we have a hard time, so we need to choose to keep looking forward, keep looking towards heaven, keep understanding that time is going to pass. Every day is going to come and every day is going to go. And if you don't think that's going to happen, just remember how fast time flies. Think of what you were doing two, three, four, five, twenty years ago and how quickly time has gone by. Well, the next 10, 20 years are going to go faster. That just seems the way it is, doesn't it? So don't give up and, and, and don't get discouraged in this because you know that time is going to happen. So I'm just reminding you that everything is for a purpose. And we need to make the choice here to allow the Lord to give us His purpose. This reminds me um, about making good choices and things. When I was 17 years old, I got, I, I, I got a private pilot's license when I was 17. And I can remember the process it was a fun process. It was challenging but fun. But I can remember, and I'll never forget to the day that I die, after I had taken my check ride up with Sault Ste. Maria to fly up there to, to get the check ride, and uh, I, had, I had an older instructor, and we did all the drills, and we did all the flying, and everything was fine. And so we, we, we get down, on the, we land, and we're walking on the tarmac back to the terminal, and I'm feeling pretty good because I think I did well. So I'm feeling pretty good about myself. 17-year-old kid, you know, stupidity and pride and ego and all that good stuff. And, uh, you know, nothing can go wrong and you're never going to die and all that. You know what happens? Well, this, this older gentleman, as we're walking, he puts his arm on my shoulder. And I think he knew what was happening in my mind. 
he put his, my hand on his shoulder. He says, well, son, can I give you a little bit wise advice, a little wisdom here? And I said, well, sure, of course. He said, well, let me tell you, son. There are old pilots and there are bold pilots, but there is no such thing as an old, bold pilot. Do you get it? Yeah. So if you're going to make it to age being a pilot, you better not be too bold. In other words, you better be smart. You better make good choices along the way because you're never going to be an old, bold pilot. No such thing. He was right, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, we go through life and we're young and we're, we're, we're thinking that we're invincible. And we're thinking that, man, we're going to get through this thing and nothing's going to knock us down and so forth. And we live that way and we, we left the, the good life roll only to realize that, you know, guys, there is a day at the end that we have to be accountable for. And it's okay to be reminded of that. That doesn't take your joy. That doesn't take your peace. In fact, it should give you more joy. It should give you more peace because you, have the, you know the day's coming. And that's what this is about. So we need to understand that we have to be wise with the time that we're given. And I think that we all truly want to be prepared, don't we? I don't think there's one person here that says, no, I'm just going to be foolhardy and I'm just going to live my life and just take the, the outcome for what it might happen. I don't think that's who we are in this church, and I'm so thankful for that. But I want to give us some good instruction about how we can prepare. And I want to do this in the context of a um, Scripture verse. I want to talk about how we can begin to prepare ourselves. So um, if you have a Bible, open it up to Colossians chapter 1. And this is actually out of the English Standard Version but I'm going to read this passage, 9 through 14, and it's a prayer that Paul prayed for the people in class. Okay, Paul was in prison, actually. Paul had never seen these people and never met these people, but he, this was his prayer for the people in the, in the Colossian church. And, and I'm going to ask you to do something here, and I'm going to ask you to, to, to uh, make a commitment with me because I've taken this over the past few years, and I have memorized this prayer, and I have made this my life's prayer. And I'm going to ask us as a church to do the same thing. Because as we memorize this prayer and as we pray this daily, and maybe even multiple times through the day, this will help us prepare our hearts. All right? So let's read the passage, and then, then we'll personalize it. And then we'll show you what we would like you to memorize. Colossians chapter 1, beginning at verse 9. And this is Paul speaking. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints of light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. Wow, that is a great prayer, isn't it? I mean, there is a lot of words there, but I just want to know, I, I want to just take to, to, and personalize it now so that it's something that, see, Paul is praying for them, but we have every right to pray for ourselves the way Paul was praying for the church in Colossians, Colossus, right? So now let's personalize this prayer, and, and, let's, and I'm going to ask you to 
to take the step in memorizing it. Now, there, I do have this prayer written out. For those that picked up a paper that have the Scripture verses in it, it's written out on that paper. So if you want to get one, if you don't have one, you can get one. Um, but I'm going to ask you to, uh, to take this seriously with me as I have. So let's, let's look at how we, would, how we would personalize this, all right? So read through that paper with me or look on the screen. This is the way I pray every day. Say, fill me with the knowledge of your will, with all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to you, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthen me with all power according to your glorious might for all endurance and patience, with joy, giving thanks to the Father who qualifies me to share in the inheritance of the saints of light. For you have delivered me from the domain of darkness and transferred me into the kingdom of your beloved Son, in whom I have redemption, the forgiveness of my sins." And then I add, through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Okay, I add a little bit there because it's true. I'm, re- I'm redeemed with the forgiveness of my sins through the blood of Jesus. Amen? And so when I pray that prayer, I will pray it multiple times through the day. It helps me to get through the day. It, it continues to remind me of who I am in Christ and how much I need his redemptive power. Amen? So let's dig into this a little bit more. Let's, let's call this a little bit more line by line. Let's, let's break it down. First of all, it says, I'm going to say, fill me with the knowledge of your will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Fill me with the knowledge of your will with all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So we're asking God to show us his will. We're asking him, Father, show me your will with spiritual wisdom and spiritual understanding. So there, if I'm saying spiritual wisdom, understanding, and spiritual uh, understanding, there must be a, another kind of understanding too. There is a worldly wisdom and there is a worldly understanding, but I don't want that. I don't want worldly wisdom because that doesn't lead to anything besides death. I want spiritual wisdom, and I want spiritual understanding. I want to see me the way you see me. Does that make sense? See, I see me with worldly wisdom and worldly understanding, and I don't see a very good guy here. I mean, I've, made some, I've had a number of failures in my life. I mean, I failed at a business, right? I mean, I, I failed on some things. And when I look at me that way through worldly wisdom, I don't see a very successful person. I see a person that has lots of problems, lots of fears, lots of stuff, lots of baggage. But you know what? When I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, He doesn't look at me that way anymore. Right? He covered me with the blood of Jesus. Jesus sacrificed his blood, and now that it bathes over me. And so when God the Father looks at me, he doesn't see Mike the failure. He sees Mike his son. He sees me covered in the blood of Jesus. That's a whole different perspective. That's spiritual wisdom. That's spiritual understanding. So I want to say, Lord, let me see me the way you see me. It, it, it knocks me down from pride. It takes my ego. It takes all that nonsense away from me and allows me to see me as a humble, broken man covered by the blood of Jesus. Powerful. Powerful that way. So 
So I want to see and I want to understand spiritually. And you know, when I can begin my days that way, when I can get up in the morning and when I can look at me and I can pray that prayer and I can begin my morning, that helps my whole day to start off on the right foot. Okay, so what is the will of God? What is the will of God? I think we make it way too difficult. Do you want know the will of God is? First Thessalonians chapter four, verse three. It is God's will that you should be sanctified. That's it. Your God's will is for you and me to be sanctified. Now, what is sanctified? Sanctified is the process of becoming more like Jesus every day. It's the process. Sanctification is what happens between my moment of redemption, my day of salvation, and then my moment of glorification, which is my death and resurrection in heaven. Sanctification is everything in between that. Sanctification is my life. And the Lord's will is that I be sanctified. In other words, I learn to set my life apart for Christ on a daily basis, and I choose what He chooses, and I line my will up to His will, and I say no to all the things that you say no to, I'm going to say no to too, and all the things you say yes to, I'm going to say yes to too, because I want to sanctify myself and be set apart for you. And now when I do that my life just kind of takes a life of its own, right? Now, when I make the choices of the day, my choices are made differently because I'm lining my life up with His will on a daily basis. I start in the morning, and then through the day, there's a lot of choices that come my way, a lot of decisions I have to make. And because my life is lining up with God's will, it helps me to make the right choices. It helps me to make the right decisions, it helps me to go down the right road, to stay on that narrow road that few find, right? And stay off the wide road that many find. The few find the narrow road to heaven. The many find the wide road to hell. Two roads, two different directions. So if I keep my life sanctified, if I follow the will of God and do what the will of God is, and that is to be sanctified, make the right choices, it's keeping me on the narrow road and so now I really don't have to worry about the big picture because the big picture takes care of itself. Does that make sense? I know that we get all wound up with wanting to know what's going to happen in the end of the year. Well, let me tell you, from my experiences, if I would have known what the Lord was doing 10 years ago when he called me to be a pastor, and if I would have known what was going to happen in the next four or five, six years, I never would have done it. <laughs> that was my wife. So therefore, God can only reveal so us, to us so much because we can't trust ourselves with information. But I can trust the one that gives me the information. So if I keep my life in dwelling with Him, and if I keep my life saturated with Him, and I make the little choices. You know, there's a song in the radio right now. Maybe you've heard it. It's kind of a popular song. It's called Dream Small. Dream Small. You know what I'm talking about? Have you ever heard the song? It's a popular song. Uh, I'd sing it for you. Okay. I would if Mike said no. 
and, and when I first heard it, I didn't like it because I, 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 the guy says, dream small. I thought we're supposed to dream big. But the, the, the thrust of the, of the song, when you listen to it, it says, don't be worried about the big things in life. Just do the small things. Do the small things well. And you know what happens? The big things take care of themselves. I can get so wound up. I can get so f- frustrated and so fearful over the big things that I never get started on the small things. Therefore, I will never accomplish the big thing because I don't do the small things. But if I do the small things well and know that that is God's will for me to do the small things, then the big things will just kind of happen and I won't even know they're happening until I can look backwards and say, wow, that was pretty big. That was huge. Do you know what I just did? That was huge. But at the time, it just seemed like a bunch of small things that came together to be a big thing. Amen? If we live that way, we'll, t- we'll have a lot less angst, a lot less anxiety, a lot less stress because I just focus on dreaming small. Do the small things. Do them well. And all of a sudden, the big things will come. Amen? I love that. I love that. To be sanctified simply means to make something holy. To make something holy. The Bible is very clear that if we're going to see God, because God is holy, we must be what? Holy. We're not going to see God if we're not holy. Well, let me tell you, yes, you will see God, but you will see the side of God you don't want to see. Because God is a loving God, but God is a just God. All men will bow their knees, we've already read, before God. (laughs) A lot of people say, well, all religions lead to God. Well, that's true. All religions will lead to God. But what's he going to say when you get there? (laughs) Is he going to say, well done, thou good and faithful? Or is he going to say, depart from me, I never knew you? Right? And even, even in our most religious ways, we can hear the Lord say, depart from me. I never knew you. If our religion doesn't match up with God's word called holiness. That's why I hate the word religion. People say, I'm a religious person. Well, I can say, yeah, I'm really religious about my golf game. I really take my golf game serious. I'm really religious about that. But when it comes to Jesus, no, I'm not religious. I just love him. I just have relationship with him. He's my friend. He's my Savior, and I'm making him on a daily basis my Lord. That, that implies ownership. That implies the fact that I'm that's not, I just don't know about him. He's just not a good guy. He is my friend. He is my brother. The Bible says I'm a co-heir with Christ. That means I'm a brother. That means I, have to, I get to experience what Christ experiences. Wow, that's pretty cool, isn't it? But it also gives me a lot of responsibility to live like a brother, to live like a good brother. Don't dishonor him. Don't dishonor my fa- our father now. Because I'm a child, I have the responsibility to live like one. That doesn't, lay, that doesn't say now that I can go live like a heel. I can go live like a sinner and then think that I'm going to be okay. He's going to love me, but he's not going to be happy with me. No, no, that's what we're talking about now. Let's keep, let's keep on with this. This is that prayer, all right? Let's keep on. We know we have to be holy. I'm exchanging death for life now with that holiness. All right? So now let's go to the second part of the prayer. We're asking him to um, show us his will, 
which means for us to be sanctified, for us to be holy. And why are we asking Him that way? Why? Well, let's read. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to you, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. I'm asking him to help me do something. Why? Why? Sometimes we need to remember it's why are we asking him? So that I can walk in a way that's worthy. That I can walk in a way that's pleasing to him. So I can walk in a way that he looks and says, oh, that's my good son down there. I love that man. I love that woman because they're walking in a way worthy of me, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work. I'm a fruit bearer. I'm a producer in the kingdom. Remember a few weeks ago we talked about consumer producer? I'm just not consuming the kingdom. I'm producing in the kingdom because I'm producing good works. I'm producing good fruit as a result of my work. That's a good thing, isn't it? That's what we're called to do. We're called to be producers. And I'm increasing in a knowledge of God. Man, what a journey we're on here. What a fun journey to think that we're going to be pleasing to the Lord. We're going to walk in a manner that makes Him happy, that's going to put a smile on His face. We're going to bear fruit. Our work is productive. Whatever little thing you do is producing fruit. Understand that. No matter how small the thing is, it may seem so insignificant to you. It may seem so minor and so small. But if you're doing it to please the Lord, what's it producing? What? Fruit. Fruit. Good fruit. Fruit that is eternal. Fruit that is never going to, you're never going to lose it here. You're never going to eat it all because the fruit will keep coming as you keep working. And then we increase in the knowledge of God. What does it mean to increase in the knowledge of God? How do we do that? How do we increase in the knowledge of God? Study His Word. How else do we increase in the knowledge of God? Ask for knowledge. We come into Bible studies. We come into Sunday school class. We come into Wednesday night book studies. We have coffee with our friends. We have, a book, we have Bible studies with, with small groups, whatever it is. We come with people, like-minded people, that we continue to sharpen. You know, it says men sharpen men as iron sharpens iron. Well, you know, sharpening iron is a pretty violent thing. Do you know that? Because if you, how many of you here has ever sharpened a lawnmower blade? Chad, have you? Yeah, you've sharpened a few probably. What happens when you put that blade against that grinding wheel? Sparks. A lot of sparks go flying off that thing. Why? Because it's taken off the edges. It's taken off the burrs. It's making the blade sharp. It's violent. It's violent and it looks scary and, and, and it burns if you're doing it you know, in, in bare feet, which I've done in shorts, it burns your legs a little bit. It, it's hot. Well, that's what happens. So when you come together with men that are other men that are sharpening you, you know what sometimes? Sometimes it's violent because sometimes they tell you something you don't want to hear. Wow. But that's what happens in the sharpening process. You wouldn't want to go to sharpen the lawnmower blade and have it, and have it duller than it was when you started, would you? No, 
It doesn't make any sense. I've got to tell a funny story. Denny Spence. Do you remember? I, Denny's, Nancy's husband, years ago, um, had a new lawnmower. And uh, so he went to sharpen his blades. And he put the blades back on. And it wasn't cutting good. And I remember him talking to my, my dad told me the story. So Nancy, if it's not true, it's because my dad lied to me. But he put the blades back on and it wasn't cutting worth a, worth a darn. It just wasn't cutting. So my dad said, well, Denny, did you put the blades right side down or right, wrong side up? So I put them right right. He looked at them. Sure enough, they were upside down. So does it, is this making sense? Yeah. All right. So let's continue on with the prayer. Then it says, strengthen me with all power according to your glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. Again, that's another request, right? We've, we've, we've requested of God to, to give us knowledge and to give us his will with spiritual wisdom and understanding. Why? So that we can then live a life worthy of him and so forth. Now we're saying, okay, Lord, another request in this prayer, strengthen me with all power according to your glorious might. Why? For all endurance and joy. And patience. How many of us here need more patience? <laughs> Chris, raise your hand. All right, we can go forward now. Now that she raised her hand, we can, we can continue on. <laughs> we need patience. How many here need endurance? Yeah. How many here need joy? Yeah. We need it all, don't we? We get it. By asking, Lord, strengthen me with all power according to your glorious might. Wow. You know, we're talking to the Most High. We're talking to the creator of the universe that simply spoke it into existence. He spoke it, and the, world, the worlds were created. The Big Bang Theory really did happen, but the Big Bang was when Jesus spoke it, when God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit says, let us make, let us create. Bang! It happened. So I believe in the Big Bang Theory. But it was a, but it was a word that was spoken. And that caused it all to happen. Well, you know what? The Big Bang can happen in our lives daily when we just go to him and say, strengthen me, Father. Strengthen me. I am weak this morning. I don't have what it takes and I know it. I pray often because I know that I cannot do what this church requires of me to do. I don't care for 30 or 3,000. It doesn't make any difference how many are here. I can't do it. But I know you can, Lord. I know you can, Jesus. So would you please help me here? Would you strengthen me with all power today according to your glorious might so that I can have endurance and patience and joy? Amen. Good trade? Good trade. Amen. All right, let's continue on. So we're asking him for his strength and his endurance. A commentary on this says that the, this infusion of power is an ongoing experience of receiving from God his own life by the presence of the Holy Spirit within us, within me. Nothing else can enable us to overcome sin, Satan, and the world other than the presence of God. I can't do this on my own. Yeah. Why are battles important? Why is it that we need to endure in the battle? 
Have you ever thought about that? You think, God, why? If, 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 it's, if, it's, if you want to get me to the end, then why is the battle so necessary? Why? Well, you can ask questions to God too, by the way, and he answers. He answers in his word. James chapter 1, enduring is a very similar word to persevering. Okay, very similar in their meaning, very similar in their context. James chapter 1, verses 2 and 4. It says, Consider it pure joy, my brother. Something good's coming. <laughs> Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. Something's good's coming. I can't wait to hear what's coming. That's gonna, well, I can be joyful. It must be something. It must be a blessing. It must be a good check. It must be a promotion. It must be something good. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. Whenever you face trials. What? Why do I consider it joy when I face trials? Come on, God. Give me blessings in my life. Give me good things in my life. Don't give me trials and tribulations. No. James was saying it right. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Many kinds mean tribulations. Many kinds mean of all in many areas of life, not just one area, but many areas. There can be a lot of problems, guys. Do you realize that? This is what we talked about last week, counting the cost. Counting the cost of what it truly means to be a, a, savior, a Christian. There's a cost. The salvation's free, but it implies ownership, a change of ownership. Now you've got to count the cost. Am I willing to pay the cost to be a Christian, even though it's free? Oxymoron? Not at all. It's what it takes. Okay? Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance or endurance. And it says in verse 4, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. See, God doesn't want to just make us a trade and make us empty. He wants to make us a trade and give us all things that we don't lack anything. It's a good, good God that we serve in the midst of our tribulations, right? And then he goes, and then he says in, in, in verse 12 of that same chapter, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. You want joy? Read the book. He tells you why right here. Because blessed is the one is to, who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, going through the trial, going through the battle, that we ask, God, why battles, God? Why here? This is why we have battles. Because those that have gone through the battles and has persevered or has had endurance through the battles, that person, not the person that didn't go through the battles, the person that goes through the battles, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him in the midst of the battle. It's easy to love God in the midst of the blessing, right? But when the sickness comes, when the financial difficulties come, when you name it, the tribulation comes, is it easy to love the Lord? Not so much, to be honest. Sometimes we have to really push ourselves, right? Well, this is what the Lord says. Now he says, strengthen me with all power. Because the battle's really hard, God. I can't do this on my own. Strengthen me with all power. And he'll give you the endurance to make it to the end with the crown of life. Isn't that good? 
Isn't this encouraging? Yeah. Let's finish the verse. Then it says, Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified me to share in the inheritance of the saints of light. You have delivered me from the domain of darkness and transferred me to the kingdom of your beloved Son who for, in whom I have redemption the forgiveness of my sins. Yeah, Paul ends his prayer in thanksgiving for the fact that we will be counted worthy as all those saints of light that have gone on before us. You know, the Apostle Paul, Matthew, Mark, John, the disciples, the apostles, all of them that were martyred, do you know that we're going to be counted worthy to stand with them? Isn't that cool? We're not going to be second-class citizens in heaven. No, we're worthy to be counted with the saints of light. That's those people. You go to, you go to your Bible heroes, King David, Job. You go to all those that, that you read about in the Old and New Testament that, were, that endured to the end, that we look at those, at those people and say, man, what... What special people they were. Ruth. Look at some of these ladies in the Bible, some of these people in the Bible. And you know what? We are counted. We are qualified to share in the inheritance in the saint, with the saints of light. We are going to spend eternity sharing stories. And they're going to look at that and say, man, you guys lived in a tough generation. Do you know in 2018, that was hard to live in. And, and we're going to say, no, we thought your life was hard. No, they said, you don't have a clue. Our life was easy compared to your life. You know, I mean, we're going to swap stories there because we all have the tribulations. We all have our trials. We all have our victories that we're going to be able to share the goodness of God, how God got us through those victories. So don't look at your life as being mundane. Don't look at your life as being insignificant. It's very significant because you have a story to tell. Your testimony is a powerful story that nobody can argue with. So maybe you have a fear about sharing Jesus because you don't know the Bible enough. Just share your testimony. Share your testimony, how Jesus rescued you, how you were a basket case at one point in time, and maybe still are every so often. <laughs> but Jesus comes through and he rescues us, doesn't he, daily. That's a testimony. Yeah. Because we've all been delivered from the kingdom of Satan. Satan has a kingdom. But we're rescued from it. We don't have to be held captive. We sang about it today, right? Free. We're, 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 we've been freed. The chains of bondage have been freed from them. And now we can live in, in, in the kingdom of light because of the redemption of Jesus Christ. Wow. So is that a prayer worth memorizing? Would you work on it with me and make this a prayer for our church? Let's look at it again. Let's read it again. Let, let's, let's, let's pray it one more time together. If you have it on your paper, read it with me, okay? Let's just go through this and let's, let's know what we're memorizing and let's really work at this and let's just make this part of our life because when we do that, it'll be powerful for us. Amen? Fill me with the knowledge of your will, with all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to you, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, 
Strengthen me with all power according to your glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who qualifies me to share in the inheritance of the saints of light. For you have delivered me from the domain of darkness and transferred me into the kingdom of your beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins through the shed blood of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We thank you so much for this prayer. We thank you so much, Father, for what it means. We thank you so much, Father, for the hope that it gives us, that we truly can pray your word and it comes to pass. Lord, there is not one thing that can stand against a son and a daughter. There is not one thing that will take you out of our life. So we just give it to you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. My fears, my fears, my fears.